Hi and welcome to another episode of Integrated Awakenings. It's me, Maria, and today we are talking about Akasha or the void or primordial emptiness. And this is hands down my one of my favorite elements like akasha and fire is up there and if you're familiar more with like the four elemental energies so think of akasha as soul or spirit or just so if you imagine the four elements like for example the wheel of like directions or life it's the circle it's it's that space that allows the dance of the elements. Even in the yin-yang symbol, so in Taoism, this is called the wu-wei. So it is the emptiness that holds the dance of duality. So basically, if you're into a lot of non-dual philosophy, metaphysics, quantum mechanics, this is your jam. This is, this is your element that is something you would want to meditate on. And I feel like one of the best ways to really kind of pitch the primordial darkness to you <laughs> is that a lot of our universe is made up of dark energy, right? Even physicists prove this. Like, it's around 95%, right? So anything that you think is here, right? That's just a bunch of particles that's like, a small percentage of what really is. What you can touch is sensation-based, but it's essentially empty. Even your skin is empty, right? Even even things that you think you can hold. There's just a bunch of atomic structures that's allowing it to be perceived. But essentially, there's so much more emptiness. And there is almost this holiness to this emptiness because... It is so pregnant with possibility. Only in that emptiness can the dance exist, right? So I feel like a lot of people who might get into healing, right? Or be approach things from a love and light perspective could feel a little alienated by this energy. Like, why are you presenting spirit as a black void? Why are you so emo? <laughs> why is that so metal? Like, why are, why are we lauding the cave? You know, isn't it called awakening? So why are you, like, closing your eyes into darkness, right? It's like a... I mean, I understand the argument. But the thing is... Once you get to like more advanced spiritual practices, for example, dark room technologies or even like sense deprivation uh, float tanks, right? There is this quality within a pure darkness that allows you more access to yourself. So, for example, the light of a candle is more pronounced around a really dark background. Or say you're wearing like a white outfit, unless the background is black. People can't perceive your outfit. Like, if everything was white, how can they perceive you, right? So what I'm trying to say here is that I know that people can have, like, a lot of loaded assumptions in terms of darkness. But I feel like when they have those assumptions and judgments, they're having almost like the shadow of the shadow. It's it's not, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> that's, 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 that's like... It, how do I say this? It's like we're talking about the primordial death, the vacuum of vacuums, the 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 black hole, right? And then you're talking about the dark night of the soul. You're talking about a shadow. You're not really talking about darkness, 
right? You're not you're talking about shade. You're not talking about uh, emptiness, right? So I want you to, if you're having a hard time with like the black coding, maybe you could think about this around emptiness. Maybe emptiness like hollowness. You know how like a flute can only be played when it's like hollow and a cup can only be filled when there's like this emptiness to it. So it's almost like really meditating on the idea of emptied, being emptied. Because even death is like an emptying, right? Even emptying of a, a certain formation, incarnation, right? And then you're transitioning. So it's being emptied. Yeah, yeah. If this is still like a little finicky for you, I do want to recommend that you listen to the shadow work episode of this podcast series first before encountering this so that we could drop a lot of judgments around like dark stuff and then we could proceed. Yeah, okay. So if you've already listened to that, welcome back. <laughs> I'm yes, I'm assuming that you've returned and the thing is Okay, let's get to it. Let's get to primordial emptiness. I do want to say that I do have a bias towards yogic perspective of this because I really like Shiva. Because when this downloaded for me in my consciousness, I was drawn to the book Adi Yogi, which talks about Shiva, like the no thing. Shiva literally means nothing, right? And it talked about shiva as both an incarnate thing but also like an energy form but also it had a lot a lot of stories in terms of being the ultimate void right and i feel like a lot of our subconscious and a lot of our actually conscious selves as well just really attaches to stories very nicely and i feel like shiva's just a really good personified energy of the void now i've had some friends who are drawn to other versions of the void so for example nyx or for example just a freaking black hole right so i'm not gonna say that one's better than the other i'm just saying i like shiva (laughs) now my first experience of this energy was that i had this dream where I felt like I was tunneling to the center of centers, to the essences of essences. It was like a cubist painting that was nested into each other, like a fractal. And I was just seeking for answers. Like I wanted to find the heart of things. And I was trying to guess which door was the real core. And I felt like it really, I I do have a lot of dream puzzles, especially for people who follow my IG account. They would know that I always have a lot of downloads via dreams and via puzzles. And the thing is, I felt like I felt like I was going to die if I didn't pick the right door, if I didn't open the right door. And the thing is, so I put like all my being into like, no, I want to know, show me the right door, right? And when I opened it, they showed me like this big black hole. It was so, the gravity was so strong. I felt like I was being swallowed. I felt like if I succumbed to it, I would be completely annihilated, like a deep annihilation. And they were like saying, okay, stick your hand into it, like go in. It felt like a test. It was like, okay are you gonna go in (laughs) and i was like so i and i was like oh fuck this shit and i i stuck my hand in right and the thing is after that 
this the scene in my dream shifted and it was like I had I had the texture of the void in my hand like I think it was my left hand and the thing is after that I was drawn to reading about Shiva and then he showed up a lot <laughs> in my dreams so I this tends to happen to me so for example I would have visions of Archangel Raphael visiting me teaching me about architecture or I would have Mother Mary, like, really uh, doing a number on my body, you know, doing, showing me what a really big heart chakra looks like. So this isn't the first time I'm having this tango of, like, an energy teaching me something, right? This is not new to me. So I've, so this was a specific time and space where I really felt like Shiva was teaching me something. And the thing is, Shiva has a wife, like Parvati. And the thing is, in yogic principles or paths, right? There's the bhakti path, the devotee path, where because you're in love with a certain like guru energy, you're so in love that the awakening is a gift, right? It's not studied. It's not your eyes opening. It was opened for you. It was a gift, right? This is like the fastest path, but it's also like an insane path. <laughs> Because it's love. Love is insane. I love it. So, yeah. If if this is new to you as a concept, check out the water energy episode. But anyway, so there's the bhakti path, right? And there's the nanas uh, eyes open path, meaning you're studying stuff, you're learning stuff, you're mastering stuff on your own rather than someone's teaching you rather than holding your hand through the thing, right? Okay, so... The thing is, <laughs> wow, this is, I've, I've blogged about this on my IG account, but I think this is the first time I'm really like owning up to the story, but I've had like weddings where I was preparing like the whole wedding and the whole family was visiting. I didn't know who was getting married and I felt the whole, why am I being late to my own wedding and I'm not even dressed yet? And I was like, it was a different woman in this lifetime. And um, it was very, it was very clear that. And then when I woke up, I was like, oh shit, am I getting married to Shiva? Like, am I, am I, am I a consort in a way? Like, am I, am I, am I doing a bit of a bhakti path with him in terms of like, I love you so much. Please help me. Right. Or it's almost like when you marry someone and you help each other out. It's that kind of energy rather than a teacher student energy. Right. So this is more of like, no, I want to marry you. Right. I I, want to love you. Right. It's, It's really sweet. It's really flattering, actually. And the thing is that what happened after that was I would have other dreams where I would be in like a race it's a game, right? And we're we're scaling a mountain and then they're like, Okay, you're paired with that guy, you know, and we we had like the harnesses, the mountain climbing gear, and I was like, Oh my god, he's so buff. <laughs> it's like he's so strong. It's like I, I'm almost embarrassed of how pathetic I am in scaling that whole uh wall, right? And the thing is the moment he hooked my 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 belt, right? He just dragged me up. He was he's like a lightning bolt, like shooting up, like climbing, and I was just being dragged, and I was just 
uh, I was just trying to push against the wall just so that I, I like that I don't hurt myself. And but I was just scrambling. And then we got into like a level plane, and then we were just resting. And I was like, okay, can we eat now? Cause cause we skipped lunch break because we were so busy like ascending, right? So I have a lot of dreams about climbing stuff, right? And it's always because they talk about awakening as a mountain a lot, and. There's this sense of sometimes I'd have dreams where it's like, oh, it, it's too fast. Like we're going up too fast and I, I'm scared of heights in this linear life. So it's kind of funny to me every time the spirit tests me of like, oh, oh, you're way up. How do you feel? Right. So there's this guy. So literally Shiva. And then I was asking spirit of like, oh, shit, is Shiva like she was dragging me up basically so that's how i feel um and i feel like the first time i meditated with him wow this is turning out to be more personal than i thought (laughs) i thought i was gonna give y'all theory all uh, the whole time but i guess like a personal story doesn't hurt once in a while but anyway um the first time i meditated with shiva so he's his skin is like ash because he doesn't mind being with like the scorned people um he meditates with graves also so the first and then he literally has a snake and sometimes he has skulls right yeah he glows blue right he's he he courted a lot of what would be coded as demonic energies at that time like a lot of basically very jesus energy of like oh i'm with the sinners right so he's very like um in tagalog kadire like it was a little bit disgusting at first because it was like he was like testing me of like oh this is like everything that i accept like i accept everything like i accept death i accept the ash i accept these disgusting people it's like i'm i'm this too and the thing is what's crazy about him is that he can also do the really sublime beautiful version that's how whole he is, that he accepts both the shit, like the quote-unquote shitty, right? The, the scorned and the beautiful. And he doesn't even have a judgment of like what's better. He's just all possibilities, right? So the thing is, I was really scared at first when he was like showing himself to me. And the thing is, I was like, it's like, I, it's like, I can't, can I even handle your ashes, right? But... Once that was kind of okay, he he's actually a really friendly. You know what? Okay, okay, I'm really approaching this as like a, when you have new spirit energies, what do you do with them? But but the thing is, I noticed that when a new guide or a new energy is introducing itself to you, it's like the first few dates is like a test. <laughs> it's like, can you handle me? <laughs> There's this, there's, it's like they share, they show you their scariest face to like produce awe and respect and sometimes just, just to test your metal in terms of like your will of showing up. And then once that's okay, they can show up casually. So for example, Archangel, was it Michael? Yeah, yeah, Archangel Michael. At first, it was the very awe, like, you know how they say biblical angels are. A- biblically accurate angels are scary it's like i couldn't even look at him he was that big he was that like he was on fire it's like it's like i i can't even like i just saw him in my periphery because he was too also there's this thing where uh you know how wooden furniture 
kind of has joints and there's like gaps to them, especially if like they're naturally built together. And then sometimes they pop, right? Just because of the change of heat and stuff. So the thing is with like archangels, when they show up for me, they always crack my furniture. And the thing is, I have a lot of wooden furniture in my in my bedroom. So every time they show up, there's like sounds. <laughs> so it's it's very it's very um if if you weren't settled into your center you would be fucking scared so anyway i'm i'm just saying that the first time the archangels were like showing up for me it was fucking scary um but after that it's so cute archangel Raphael and michael because they're the ones i talk to a lot azrael sometimes as well azrael is also like a good death void energy portal galactic guy anyway um after that the archangels are kind of show up to me very casually like they can show up to me in jeans or like anime characters because there's no attachment anymore into making me believe that's them or needing to communicate a certain kind of awe so even the initial images is just to ins- every also spirit also really explains this to me in terms of like dream work in terms of like we show you those images to like reorganize your subconscious so even these biblical images of these angels or for example shiva um this is just to reorient you right it's not really like it's a process it's not like quote unquote the only slash accurate image so it can evolve into something very domestic especially if you're like super familiar with the energy already so that's why i find it funny that I could really pinpoint because I muscle test in terms of like, oh, was that really Shiva right that? And I'm like, yeah, duh, he loves mountains. He lives in a mountain. <laughs> and you're mountain climbing. What do you think? <laughs> so it's very, um, so I like it that we got casual enough that he doesn't mind um, being, uh, presenting himself to me as like a person. Like he doesn't, he doesn't need to do the bells and whistles of like being fucking scary. <laughs> you know, it's like, I just know that that's him. Right. So this is why my, this is why I'm kind of good at assert, discerning like certain connections between people, soul groups, incarnations, because it's like, once you're not attached to like, for example, angels having wings you're you're really listening to the underlying energy you're like oh, okay you could you have a better way of actually identifying it without all of the circus works anyway wow i i guess this this episode is more uh this this walks around more rather than gunning for akasha okay i see i see that's what we're doing okay anyway so that is my relationship with Shiva, and that is my relationship with the void. And the thing is, one of my favorite meditations for reorienting or cleansing your energy is going to a pool of light, and it's like usually a golden bathing yellow light of your original source blueprint energy, right? So I would always like sink into it and like marinate in it, bathe in it. And the thing is, once I got to know Shiva, um, he would allow me to bathe into a void. Like, like, so it's the same pool, but instead of like this, this glowing yellow orb, right? Of this like uh, brightness across all directions, dimensions, versions, right? This was like gravity, emptiness, spaciousness, nothingness across. It was like the opposite of each other, 
right? And the and the polarity bitch in me is like, oh my god, it's like perfect. <laughs> it's perfect because if you're you're sealing like this this like this liquid light, of course its twin would be just this vacuum of emptiness. Right? And the thing is, I feel like there are dredges, attachments, patterns of ours that a teacher of mine taught me this. Some of our patterns want to surrender into the light, and then some of them want to be surrendered into the void. So there's no judgment of like which one is like better. So it's so actually if when I'm cleansing stuff, I always do both, right? So we're always doing um who wants to surrender into the light and then who wants to surrender into the void and there's not even the whole oh my god the voice voids hell i'm like yo i'm i like shiva <laughs> so if you pick shiva i'm not gonna judge you i'm like yo i like it too <laughs> i like it too it's so spacious there so i'm like go so anyway so i really felt that when i meditated into the center in the center of that like black hole cup energy I felt like there was just deeper structures that were allowed to be annihilated via that thing, right? So for example, the light the light protocol is like it's pushing it's like pushing out what's fucked up to imprint your original energy whereas the vacuum is more of like sucking it out just because it wants you to have space. So the one's push, the other one's pull. Do you see how like do you see how beautiful that is? This is why I want people to like feel less terrified of like meditating in the dark. I feel like also a lot of people the reason why we have a lot of fear around shadows or around for example, if you say that you know a lot of Tibetan masters spent a lot of times in dark caves but you go to any horror special in like a high school fair it's like a bunch of caves it's like darkness right cave of darkness and the thing is the reason why people are usually scared of darkness is because they haven't done their shadow work meaning the thing is when we deprive ourselves of, of our physical sensation stuff we're faced but nothing but ourselves and the thing is, if we haven't really loved and processed our demons, our weird configurations, they look like, they look scary as fuck, right? And this is the reason why people are scared of, like, caves, ghosts, demons, and stuff like that. And the thing is, um, that's because you haven't processed your own shit. Yeah, I do want to speak to this because I know that this is, like, what blocks people from meditating with the void. But the thing is that I do want to say... That most of the time when those things manifest for you, so for example, you feel haunted or you feel like you're being chased, right? A lot of the times there is an energy emitting from you and you are producing the illusion of being attacked. Like you, um, you're doing, this is half you. <laughs> you're doing, the hand, this is your handiwork. This is your craftsmanship. Right, that that poltergeist, that that demon that's sitting on you, so that you don't wake up. That's that's half you, okay. That's half you, because you didn't clear your own energy. You didn't set up. You you didn't think you deserve boundaries, right? You didn't command like what energies are welcome. And ergo, it's like enjoying your little festered emotions, 
right so the thing is i feel like and even then even then i really do want to oh gosh this is such a nuanced conversation i hope people get it even then for example these little imps right they're they're in perfect accordance with the universe if they didn't if they didn't look like that they wouldn't catch your attention if you didn't feel like they were an enemy they wouldn't be the right match do you see what i'm saying it's like it's like if you didn't have a proper fear and respect towards them you wouldn't actually level up you see what i'm saying it's kind of like the all with the angels so I'm, what i'm saying is that they're they're performing a role yeah and the thing is this is from someone this is from someone who has cleared vampires, aswangs, um, imps, a lot of hurt elementals, a lot of hurt uh, gnomes, and just ghosts, right? I'm telling you, I'm really, really telling you. They kind of hate being the bad guy. <laughs> Sometimes they're tired of being the bad guy. And the thing is, you know how like when someone's like just likes grunge and you immediately think they're like a depressed asshole? <laughs> And you're like, wow, that's really judgmental of you. So that's kind of like what happens to all of these beings. Because I really do want to speak for like these non-entities. Oh, entities, sorry, non-physical entities. Because I feel like a lot they get a lot of bad rap. And the thing is, that's kind of just their casting role though. Yeah? Like, if you're so depressed and you want to, like, you have like a lot of self-harm energy, right? They're just going to play out their role. You wrote a script and they're just designed to act on it. And then if you drop the energy, they don't need to act like that anymore. Also, if you remember Moana, like you remember the very angry vo- volcano lady and you, and then you kiss her and respect her and then she becomes re- really, really nice. That's literally like the plot point of like every fucked up energy. I swear to God. Like I don't, I don't even... I don't I know it sounds so simple and I know it's like a, such a simple turnaround and I know that people are going to be like oh that's too that doesn't apply to demons I'm like yo that applies to demons I you're just kind of scared to love them you're kind of scared to see them and listen to them and and really see where they're coming from and the thing is, I understand if you're, like, not ready for that. It's just that if that's your excuse for, like, not meditating with, like, the void or darkness or emptiness, I'm, like, I'm just kind of calling you out in terms of, like, that quote-unquote demon or that thing that's haunting you. It's playing a perfect role for what you are self-generating within yourself. Yeah? So the thing is... When we choose to love these parts, really respect these roles, like, oh, wow, I really did play that role of the addict, or I did play the role of the victim, or I did really play that role of the abuser, self-abuser or other people abuser, and really just, really just love yourself and be like, yeah, shit, I understand why you were addicted. Or I understand, like, like, I can see how much pain you were in, that's why you were so abusive. Right, And then when you can really, really genuinely say that, like, oh, I see why you're a bully. Or I, 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 within yourself, 
even within other people too and it, so for example the bully thing is like i understand why you were the victim i, I understand why you were understand why that happened it kind of just unlatches within you this is more the thing is it's so simple that it's really the willingness and the depth to go about this that unravels everything this is not advanced math yeah this is just a simple turnaround one minus one equals zero if that which you think is a problem is like not a problem is actually accepted received like minus one becomes zero it becomes emptiness it becomes nothingness it becomes free right so what i'm really trying to gun for for you is that this is not complex algebra it's literally just one step so it's the unraveling it's the decoupling of that minus one that that inverse is really just what trips people up and people don't have the space for yeah it's like i don't have the space to forgive them i don't have the space to love them i don't have the space to do that and that's why meditating with space is great <laughs> you see how we're going around in circles but <laughs> the, but the thing is um when you when you meditate into the vacuum, the void, right? I talked about Wu Wei, how it's the dance of the opposites of the yin and the yang, the dark and the light, the night and the day, the enemy and the lover, the the catch and the throw, the moon and the sun, the all all any kind of duality dance that you could freaking think of, right? And the thing is, with space, like with a lot of like non-dual meditations your peg is really non-reaction like just just freaking acceptance yo it's just like i yeah i accept that it doesn't mean that you're like gonna accept poverty and not do anything about it what i'm saying is that you accept poverty as an existing truth and then based on who you are where you are you accept poverty, and then depending on where you are, who you are, and what you're about, you can act on it. But there's no denial. There's no, oh, poverty is not me, or poverty is... You know, there's no denial of it. There's an inclusion of it, of like, oh, I understand. Like, I understand, like, all the worst aspects. Like, why would you be so self-deprecating, or self self-defeating, or self... Uh, emulating is that a word emulating yeah anyway my point is that what people have a difficult time with creating more spaciousness and more void okay okay let me backtrack a little bit so when you're early into your spiritual awakening or in your healing journey you're trying to create more space around light right it's like oh i'm great oh there's good things about me oh there's like nice qualities about me that i could develop right and then you go into shadow work and be like oh this is all the shitty shit i did and then i need to own up to it or oh oh these are all the ugly patterns that people do and that i hate and that i i don't want to accept is also part of me or it's like i reject and don't think I ever I ever succumb to I'm better than you and, and you know there's like a superiority and shit or like an inferiority right because that's also like uh, a game of difference right but once you massage that and have a deeper practice around acceptance of like I know I get why you do that 
you have the right to do that. I give you space to do that in the same way that I give myself space to do that. So it's almost like if you're like an atom particle, it's like, oh, there's 95%, 98% empty space. There's enough empty space for your reality to unfold in the way that you're like inventing it to be. And enough space for my reality to unfold. Like everything is very multidimensional. Your version is just as true as mine. Right? I know this is start starting to sound really trippy. I hope you guys are following. But the thing is that with your limited consciousness, right? For example, if someone's like running a fear program, they have the license to do that. And we live in a fractal reality where they have the space to do that. And what frees them, remember the kissing of the angry mountain, is that you just love them all the same. You accept them all the same. Because it's they're the ones who freeze themselves. There's no one to free in a way. Because the only one you're freeing is yourself. Everything else is space and acceptance. Crazy, right? Crazy! It's crazy! Because <laughs> your inner evangelist martyr... <laughs> Savior complex needs to die here. <laughs> wow, you thought we were just gonna talk about the void and like just space. Holy shit, I didn't know I was supposed to sacrifice. <laughs> I didn't know we were gonna kill our inner savior complex, Maria. <laughs> so, okay, anyway, m- my point is that my point is that when you get into the practice of allowing more space and depth for really true shadow uh for really old fears for really big collective i would even say drone spells right this hypnotism of being right this hypnotism of needing to be more important this hypnotism of wanting to validate everybody or like keep everyone quote unquote safe right as if we aren't perfectly safe right there's this whole there's like a lot of like hypnosis yeah that we wake up from that we drop and just in the same way that rumi says that uh it's less about working yourself towards love and more about dropping all the things that block you slash separate you from love and then he even says the beyond the hill of right doing and wrong doing i will meet you there so that's talking about like non-dual shit right so the thing is what i'm trying to get at is that that kind of unconditional love is predicated by this much spaciousness this much allowance And a lot of people who are very attached to their morality or of being right, holier than thou, will have a lot of trouble with this. Because they're like, oh my god, then you're you're never going to do the right thing. And I'm like, yo, the right thing is dependent on the situation. And ergo, if you're so strict, right? If you're so strict of like, this is always bad. Like, for example, cheating is always bad, right? You, like, in every fucking situation is never, you know, you, you, 
you will you will crumple yourself instead of expand and include so imagine like a therapist where it's like you go and confess why you cheated right and then they they're gonna like sermon you about the morality of that instead of really hearing you out instead of accepting okay you did that and then being like okay where did it come from right what i bet you had like a good reason could you tell me about it Right? Do you see that? Do you, can you hear that? Can you hear that spaciousness? So I'm not telling you that, you know, we're not going to gun for relationships that are authentic and that, you know, people are honest and upfront about like how monogamous you are and stuff like that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there's this space. Yeah? Because the reason why people are so reactive or people feel so attacked or feel so fragile, right? It's because there's no space. We always feel like it's about us. There's no distance or there's no... How do I say this? Th- we always feel so entangled and mucked up about other people's energies because there's no space, right? It's almost like all that 98% space within all of your cells don't exist or aren't celebrated or aren't brought up to your consciousness or aren't invoked evoked because you don't see slash understand the value of that spaciousness of that i allow right and the thing is it doesn't mean that you're not gonna act it's just that you accept it's happening so there's this pre it's a the it's a truth like you accept that it is true it is happening and then you do something right so that Wu Wei, right? It's like a like a vacuum, right? A spaciousness for yin yang dance to happen. If you put anything outside of that, it's essentially a denial of the infinity, right? You're saying something's not God. You're saying something doesn't exist. You're saying something that's basically existentially false, and that's why you're crying, and that's why you're. You're, that's why you're getting friction or like crazy car brake sounds because <laughs> you're essentially trying to fight what is existentially true. You're trying to debate against a wall. <laughs> you're going to lose, bro. So, so the, my whole point is that this deep spaciousness slash acceptance slash allowance slash, so, it, right? This, it, it really feels like an outbreath for me is really what allows you to act from clarity and from honestly from like a leveled ground because the thing is a lot of people when they're faced with like trouble or like the diagnosis not is not so good or something bad is happening we tend to like sugarcoat right we tend to like oh give it to me gently right we tend we tend to not really face the music and there's this it's almost like if you have the yin yang symbol it's like oh can it be not like can i can i get like the kinder baby version (laughs) i want to be babied i don't i don't want you to give me the truth right but the thing is, if we really want to go to our wholeness, to our acceptance, to our spaciousness, to our mastery, you're going to need to accept all of that. And again, one plus one minus one equals zero. It's very straightforward. It's very straightforward. It, there's, it's not advanced math. 
it's just an I accept that it exists and there's space for it. There's space for it. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's in your space. There is space maybe a little bit farther away from you, right? But you, you don't deny its existence, right? So I hope that like with this whole podcast, I've already etched out like an arc in terms of like why you would be scared to enter the void and how to create and really appreciate, almost like marinate in this emptiness in this quality of space for people who are very biased to somatics really feel into like for example that quick meditation of sitting into a bowl of gravity really feel into how black holes are infinities right so if each cell of your body was like a tiny black hole an infinite black hole how expansive would you feel and this is not like Imagine yourself as a giant of light and stuff like that. No, 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 no. This is like fractally inside of you, infinite void portal, infinite galactic black hole that accepts everything, doesn't give a shit about judgment or whatever, right? So if you're very somatic, that's how you're going to picture it. That's how, And then really notice how your body reacts so that your body remembers that, oh, this is what spacious... This is what spaciousness feels like. Yeah? And then try to sit there, try to teach your energy body how to welcome more of it. Think of it like a vitamin. So for example, you need vitamin K, vitamin C, you know, calcium, whatever. Your system, your existential truth is hungry for a bit of nothingness, for a bit of void energy. And when life slaps you into a bit of like existential dread and like meditating into the void um maybe you're wanting to meet this energy maybe you're wanting to make love to this energy maybe you want to sit with it and really see it's like oh wow it's like wow this is so opening like this opens me this is why i'm not so worried about nihilists or people who have like a strong tendency towards nothingness uh, because I know that they're seeking an energy that is also existentially true, right? Maybe they just, maybe not all of them have like the healthiest relationship to it in terms of like enabling space for themselves and other people or something like Shiva, which is like so full of like love and truth. But, you know, I mean, I trust their souls. They're They're doing something. And if you're having any signatures of like, this so for example you feel like you're you're less positive and you're more neutral right you're less rah 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 cheerleader energy and you're just more of like an empty bowl i'm like yo that's great that's fine <laughs> you're doing wu wei it's fine so i feel like a lot of people might get wrong advertising in terms of if you're in the healing journey that you're always progressing towards like being a light being right you're like a little fairy but but i do want to say that we do need more healing wu-wei bowls we do need more vacuums we do need more cups that allow for everything to exist because that means there's more space for everybody so I'm not even saying that, yo, go do this. It's better. It's more of like, if this is becoming more real for you, this is the language to go about it. And if you need it, go do it. But if this is like, 
a lot for you or is like oh it's kind of like i can't Maria, it's not my vibe. I'm like, yeah, go, whatever. <laughs> Do whatever. That's why I said the five elements, right? That's why I mentioned all of them. Because sometimes your process or like what your ingredient or your vitamins that you need is something else, right? And this is going to be the wrap up for all the this elemental short series of this podcast. And... I do want to say that a lot of people a lot of people do advocate for like a balance of all of them like a harmonizing for them but I do have also noticed that some people do like a hard bias to maybe one or two because of a certain transition they're going through so for example because they're doing this kind of work they need more of this right so I really want you to be very open in terms of like mastering these elements and really really be honest in terms of like what you're needing and where you're at. So I'm not even going to tell you to balance them. <laughs> I'm just giving you tools slash perspective. So that's it. Um, if you want any help in terms of like navigating this and, and you're like, oh, I want to learn more of this or I want to have like a private session, do DM me, book me, email me. Do like, subscribe, and send to your friends too if this is like a very enlightening, helpful episode. And otherwise, I'll see you next week. You know, we still got episodes for this season. And ciao.